Last time on HPH, we began the story of Hernan Cortez, his Spanish conquistador army, and his march towards the Aztec capital of Tenochtitlan. In this episode, we're going to find out what happens when two powerful empires from very different worlds collide. There will be deceit, treachery, and plenty of bloodshed in this historical cage match in which two civilizations enter, but only one will exit. So, go ahead and grab your drinks, settle in, and enjoy this episode of Hunter Proof History, titled The Fall of the Aztecs, Part 2. Hernan Cortez and the Temple of Monte Doom. Uh, <laughs> this is Hundred Proof History. We're drinking whiskey and talking history. So, grab a drink, sit back, relax, and enjoy a few laughs as the guys talk about all the horrible things people do to each other. Here are your hosts, Chris and Greg. Hello, everyone, and welcome in to the second part of our Aztec slash Hernan Cortez series. I would like to welcome you. I would like to thank Chris. It is such a nice day here in Texas. It's January, mm-hmm. and it's it's like mid-70s. It is beautiful outside, and so I need to stop down, and I need to thank Sexy host Christopher, for making sure that I got to miss it and I had to stay inside <laughs> and record this stupid fucking podcast. So, thank you, Christopher. You know what? If global warming or global climate change is going to create good things, we need to avoid those good things so we don't get too appreciative of it. And... uh I feel like we've accomplished that today by making you stay inside, your wife's out there in the pool... With Russell, her platonic friend, you know, they're having a good time. And you're up here working, man. You're you're doing the good work for the, the listener. I think you're confusing weather with climate, but... Yeah, I don't understand you know how that works. It's fine. It's fine. I am one of the guys that always tweets, Huh, it's uh, 40 degrees in March. <laughs> what happened to all that global warming, right? <laughs> you would. That sounds pretty on brand. Yeah. Well, one of us has to, you know, support the truth, get that 37% listener base. Um, No, I would like to apologize for that. And actually, Greg, I wanted to do this for a while now, and I feel like we needed to do this for a while now. It's something we haven't done since, I think, like episode eight or nine, and that's issue an apology. Oh, what? Well, yeah. You did... Hold on, dude. Mm-hmm. I feel like your behavior's a little brash right now. <laughs> okay. Are you... Are you drunk already? <laughs> Why the fuck would we do that? Well, if you listen to the last episode, I think it's pretty apparent, you know? It's not apparent. You had a parent that fucked Mickey Mouse. <laughs> that's what happened in the last episode. <laughs> yes, and that's what I'd like to apologize to our new listeners. Um, you know, we I think every once in a while we issue this blanket apology. If, like, if something offended you, I'm sorry. If something offends you going forward, I'm sorry. But, you know, just keep listening, because you know you like it. You're like, I would never laugh at Mickey Mouse railing someone's mom in a dirty hotel room with a cocaine on the dresser and a used condom in the trash can. I would never laugh at that. I'm a good 
church-going person, and then you're driving down the street, and you're just laughing your fucking ass off. I know you are. That was the fairy dust pouch. A condom. Come on, dude. That's <laughs> disgusting. Anyway, um, so what are we apologizing for? Well, you know, I'm a people pleaser. I think I've made that pretty clear. So if you are offended, I apologize, and I beg you to keep listening, because I promise it'll get better. And if you weren't offended, oh, baby, there's just more of the same coming. Those idiots don't even fucking know. <laughs> okay. Well, would you like to remind uh, the always ever faithful listener what we're talking about? Because you know those new listeners aren't here anymore. That's true. That they is heard true. that bullshit in the last episode. They? <laughs> They're not here. Yeah. You're apologizing to no one. <laughs> yes, Greg, we are talking about Hernan Cortez. The Fall of the Aztec Empire. It's a very cool story. Something I thought I knew, and then I read this book that I'm about to talk about, our main source, and I was like, holy shit, I knew nothing. And that main source is Conquistador by Buddy Levy. A very good book. You're going to get most of what you need from us. Don't get it twisted. We're going to tell you the bones and a little bit of the muscle, a little bit of the man meat. You know, the important bits, the kind your eyes are just drawn to. We're going to tell you all that. But, uh, yeah, if you want a little more detail, look into the book. It's, it was a good read. Yeah, and just me being the type of person that really enjoys, um, well, how do I say this? Uh, <laughs> I'll just come out and say it. Human suffering. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I really like this half of the story. <laughs> Yeah, there's quite a bit of that. But don't ruin it for them completely. Let their let their bloodlust build up a little. Let the let the blood horny I didn't say anything. Fill their penis. I just said, hey, there's sex in there and pointed towards the sex dungeon. They don't know what kind of sex is going on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you don't know. But you know you want a piece. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Their blood horny remains intact. Chris? How about you continue the story right now? Okay, let's do it. Let's fucking go. Let's do it. Pumped. I'm ready. Okay. When we last left you, it was October. No. No, Loe, dude. No? Let's fucking go. I'm a human, and I'm coming. <clears throat> Woo! When we last left you, it was October of 1519. Spanish Capitan General Hernan Cortez had made his way from Cuba through Cozumel and Veracruz, and into the heart of the Aztec Empire of Mexico. Along the way, he impressed and terrified the various city-states with his horses, armor, crossbows, muskets, and cannons. And then he's like, check this out. He pulled out his phone. He's like, I'm also verified on Twitter. I'm like, well, you sh shouldn't have showed us that last. That was, that's not that impressive. You can just pay eight bucks. Get that, dude. I'm, I'm less impressed by you now. It's only eight bucks. Yeah, to get verified on Twitter. Anybody can do it. Still? Yeah. Used to, you had to prove who you actually are. Now you just pay eight dollars. Well, you know, I know that, but that's still a thing. Yes. I know it's a recent thing, but uh, it's still like, yeah, just pay money for the, for the check. Yep. What's going on? That's still going on. Still happening. Wow. I'm still doom scrolling Twitter every day like a fucking idiot. All right. Just getting enraged the whole time. I like, can't believe he said that. I'm going to 
reply to that and get into an argument and it's going to take up the majority of my day and I'm going to get fired from my job, but it'll be worth it. I'm falling right into this fucking trap. God damn it. <laughs> All right, but I'm still going to do it. Well, Cortez's goal was the city of Tenochtitlan, which was the Aztec capital, built where modern-day Mexico City currently sits. It's kind of a spoiler, I guess. Tenochtitlan isn't around anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> You'll find out why. I'm sure it was a peaceful transition into a new civilization, a new city. The rich and powerful leader of the Aztecs was Montezuma, who was very aware of a prophecy that his people would be destroyed and he had gone out of his way to let Cortez know he was not welcome in Mexico. The latest roadblock he had thrown Hernan's way was to divert him to the allied city-state of Cholula, where the warriors were planning on ambushing the Spaniards. Instead, Cortez and his allies from the Tlaxcalan tribe massacred the Cholulans, prompting Montezuma to officially invite Cortez to Tenochtitlan. And that brings you up to speed, and now... Cortez and his army was making its way through the volcanic mountain range toward Tenochtitlan, but Montezuma wasn't entirely done with trying to deter the Spaniards. First, they blocked the shorter and more direct road into the city with trees and boulders and told Cortez they had done so because that road was way too dangerous. <laughs> you don't want to go that way. It's like half a mile into the city. Oh, look at that. It's, it's crazy dangerous. All sorts of... We got that stoplight. It takes forever. Yeah. There's multiple people panhandling, and they do not look like me. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that goes to the uh, urban part of town. You don't want to go that way. Like, whoa, 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 buddy. You can't you can't be like that. No, I'm just saying. It's just, it's just high crime, you know? It's uh... Yeah, but you mean a little something else, don't you? <laughs> nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> Nope, purely crime statistics from those areas. That's it. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yes. Why are you laughing and then and then wringing your fingers and hands and saying yes? And slowly putting on a <laughs> MAGA hat. No reason. <laughs> it's the crime, I tell you. The crime. <laughs> We'll go down LBJ, okay? We don't need to go down Montezuma X Boulevard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Montezuma should raise taxes and increase the standard of living in that area so the crime goes down. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. we're not looking for solutions here, buddy. Just a different way into the city, okay? You socialist piece of shit. <laughs> Well, even though they had the road blocked, Cortez had it cleared. Then, the Aztecs sent a fake Montezuma out on the road to meet Cortez, but Hernan wasn't fooled because the man they sent was of the wrong age and build, based on what he had heard. Then they had their wizards and magicians infiltrate Montezuma's army, but their spells failed for some unknown reason, and he just kept on marching. Huh. Weird. Yeah, dude's like, Walking through the crowd, shuffling the deck of cards. Here you go. Pick one. Anyone. Folds it back in there. Is this your card? Uh, no. Fuck. Damn it. Foiled again. <laughs> There's a guy in a straight jacket just like 
desperately moving around trying to get the key out of his fucking mouth to unlock the jacket. He drowns to death. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> you guys ever tried these uh, tricks? Well, no, but what is happening? <laughs> Pulls a rabbit out of the hat, and the rabbit's obviously dead, like been mutilated, and like, oh, fuck, gross. <laughs> <laughs> You're really bad at this. This is not distract us for like 30 seconds. We're going to keep going, okay? You, you guys do what you got to do, but uh, we're going to keep marching here. Pulls a mouse out of the hat. It's also mutilated. <laughs> he looks in the back of the crowd, and there's just this guy with a a mouse mask head thing on, arms crossed, naked. <laughs> just nodding his head, and he does the, the cutthroat thing. Like, you're a dead man. <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. It's him. Mickey's pissed. <laughs> that guy goes home. He's laying in his bed. He can hear, oddly, Children singing, but very slowly. M-I-C-K-Y. And he looks, and in the door, there's a shadow, and it has two giant ears, and a large knife in its hand. <laughs> M-O-U-S. Oh, God! And he's stabbing him in the chest. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He should have known something was up when the dude was naked and he had that, that pouch of fairy dust around his penis. <laughs> or as they call it in Spanish, a condom. Condom. <laughs> Never heard of that, but yeah. Oh. Magical. History podcast. 100% accurate history podcasting. Yeah. You're welcome, America. Read the fucking source. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, after a quick stop at neighboring Tezcoco, Cortez arrived in Tenochtitlan on November 8th, 1519, nine months after setting sail from Cuba. The city was unlike anything he or any other European had ever seen. It sat on an island in the middle of Lake Tezcoco and had to be accessed by bridges or causeways that had removable sections to allow canoes to pass or to defend the city. There were aqueducts that brought fresh drinking water down from the mountains, and the food was grown on small floating farms. In the center of the island was a 60-meter-tall temple, where countless people were sacrificed on the regular. Upon the arrival of the Spaniards, they were finally met by Montezuma. He was carried in a gold-plated litter that was adorned with feathers, gemstones, and pearls. When the litter came to a stop, Cloaks were laid on the ground so that Montezuma's feet would not touch it. And this is exactly how Greg enters the studio every week. It's not true. <laughs> He's a red carpet. <laughs> There's no cloaks. However, this first meeting was brief. Montezuma just confirmed he was the real Montezuma. The two men gave each other some fancy necklaces, and then Montezuma was carried back to his palace. Like Montezuma gave Cortez this one that's all decked out in gold and pearls and diamonds. And uh, Cortez gave him one that said Big Pimpin' with a bunch of <laughs> cubic zirconia. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's the thought that counts, right? Oh, it did. It's awesome. 
After Montezuma was carried back to his palace, the Spaniards were shown to their fancy Airbnbs. Meanwhile, the people of Tenochtitlan went to sleep, terrified that their destruction had come at last, and the sun was not going to rise the next day. And it didn't. End of story. We're all dead. We live in hell. <laughs> Boy, that explains why I have to keep doing this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. Fucking Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. Hey, you guys want to hear some facts about Teddy Roosevelt? Did you know he got shot once while he was giving a speech, and it was all folded in his pocket, and the bullet got lodged in there, and it saved his life? <laughs> and they kept giving the speech. No, you didn't. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, the rock just rolled back down. God damn it, okay. Right, go back. <laughs> just lost six Patreon members. God damn it. <laughs> oh, shit. Not again. Well, spoiler alert. For those of you who haven't finished the year 1519 yet, the sun did come up the next day. We're not dead. We're all still here. Prove it. You know. I mean, <laughs> the listeners aren't still here, but me and Greg, we're still here. In purgatory. <laughs> well, the next day, it took Hernan all of 30 seconds to tell Montezuma that human sacrifice was icky and they should all convert to Christianity. Montezuma said that he was totally cool with the established religion, and politely told Cortez never to fucking broach the subject again. And actually, we do have a direct quote from Montezuma. I should have just put that in there to begin with, but um, Wolf Dick, will you please just, just humor me and give them the direct quote here? You son of a bitch! You piece of shit! You fucking goddamn so- fucker! Listen, fuckhead, you have fucking crossed the line. Get that through your goddamn fucking head. Stop pushing your shit. <laughs> They're playing all their weird, strange instruments that we don't know <laughs> these days in the background. That's what that was. Yeah. Wild. He's pissed. Yeah, he was obviously made leader because of his eloquence. You know? <laughs> really sold the point there. <laughs> Bunch of fucking Aztecs on the temple roof, just fucking hitting the guitar real well, hard. We actually do have part of his campaign speech, if you'd like to hear it. Okay, let's do it. I think it was what they said kind of turned the tides of the election, because this was a free and fair election. Mm-hmm. That's how it worked. They had democracy. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a pioneer. I'm an explorer. I'm a human, and I'm coming. I'm animated. I'm alive. My heart's big. It's got hot blood going through it fast. I like to fight, too. I like to eat. I like to have children. I'm here. I got a life force. This is a human. This is what we look like. This is what we act like. This is what everybody was like before us. This is what I am. I'm a throwback. I'm here. I've got the fire of human liberty. I'm setting fires everywhere, and humans are turning on everywhere. Well, humans are getting sacrificed everywhere. Yes, yeah, my vote. To be fair, to be fair. And that's what his opponent said in these debates. But alas, it did not work. Montezuma won the free and fair election. <laughs> it was not rigged. You know, after 44 consecutive entrenched politicians as president, I'm sorry, as emperor, you kind of want to, <laughs> you want a renegade, you know? You want somebody... 
who goes against the flow, somebody who's not a politician, someone who's just oh, going to tell it like it is. No way this could turn out horribly. <laughs> Absolutely horribly. <laughs> you know, I want to elect somebody who's not qualified to do the job. Let's see how that goes. <laughs> All right, well, let's, uh, let's hear the victory speech of that person. This is a country for white men. Nope. Oh, my God. <laughs> Chris, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh. Oh, Wolf Dick, you're killing me again. You son of a bitch. You piece of shit. Using your old quotes from a, from a podcast to slander your name. <laughs> it's really not fair. It's not. Oh. How would I know that the things I recorded would come back to haunt me? <laughs> Can't be quoting that shit, man. <laughs> anyway, after Montezuma told Cortez that he didn't care about switching religions, he then told Cortez he had a whole bunch of important king business to handle. You'd see him in like a week. But Cortez was free to wander around the city, you know, see the sights. Taking a play, I don't know. Enjoy yourself. It's a pizza over here from Sal's. You go to my brother Sal's over here. It's on the corner. Hey, and, uh, you know, if you're up to it, maybe play a couple games of ping pong. It's down there in the basement. <laughs> the place is called Rocket. <laughs> they got children's blood and stuff on the menu. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's perfect normal. We're Aztecs. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> um, Right-wing conspiracy joke for those that are like, what? The fuck is he talking about? <laughs> you know, these 12-year-olds are just coming world <gasps> Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, let's Dude. Back that up. <laughs> well, you know, these 12-year-olds, they're just becoming world-aware now. They might not know these conspiracy theories, so it's, uh, it's good to illuminate them and to tell them to avoid basements at pizza parlors. Illuminate. Mm-hmm. Illuminati? Oh, you know it. I'm part of it, baby. Oh. You know that little triangle on the back of the fucking dollar bill? A little mm -hmm. pyramid with the eye? Mm-hmm. My grandfather's eye. No shit. Yeah, dude. Totally serious. <laughs> Couldn't make it up. Couldn't make it up if I tried. Beat that. If you Google it and find out something different, it's because the fake news. Exactly. Yes, exactly, dude. Fucking CNN got a hold of your mind. <laughs> you got to believe me, a podcaster. I'm the real authority. I don't answer to no man <laughs> except my wife's boyfriend. And he don't know shit about dollar bills. He doesn't know a goddamn thing about world news, politics, geopolitics. He knows nothing other than how to please a woman, okay? <laughs> so, Just sitting on the couch with him. It's like, hey, man, what's, what are your thoughts on the deep state and the... Mainstream media is like, I don't know, man. I just want to fuck your wife. Well, you fucking idiot. Look at you. God, this guy's a fucking, fucking sheep. Fucking sheep. Just doing whatever. Hey, dude, you want some queso and chips? Or can you even fit it in that fucking stupid-ass giant mouse head of yours? <laughs> you fucking idiot. Look at your stupid fucking gloved hands that are gigantic. <laughs> huh. All right, well. You know, have fun with my wife or whatever, but I'm going to be eating snacks and getting drunk as fuck, so have a good one. Spreading the truth about the world on my podcast. Let me tell you about my podcast. And he just gets up and walks out of the room. 
naked as naked as the day he was born. <laughs> Just a gigantic stuffed mouse head and gloves, but otherwise <laughs> very naked and ripped. <laughs> Bounce a quarter off that ass. <laughs> anyway, over each of the following five nights, Montezuma climbed up to the top of the temple, prayed to the god of war, and sacrificed a dozen children for the Democrats. Meanwhile... Jesus! <laughs> no, not for the Democrats. For his god, Nancy Pelosi. Meanwhile, <laughs> Cortez was roaming around Tenochtitlan, doing all the touristy shit and learning about Montezuma. He learned that Montezuma had 150 women in his sex rotation, ate fancy food from dishes that were destroyed as soon as he was done eating. We call those paper plates now. And it's not fancy. It means you're poor. Anyway, Montezuma also finished each night drinking some hot cocoa and smoking tobacco while being entertained by jugglers, singers, poets, hunchbacks, dwarves, and albinos. Ah, he had it all. The dishes that get destroyed every night? Kidding Mm -hmm. me? Like, the glass dishes with tiny bubbles and imperfections? Proof that they were crafted by the honest, simple, hardworking, indigenous peoples of wherever. Mm. Mm. Fight Club, dude. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I hate you. I'm sorry. Cortez also took a tour of the Central Marketplace, where 60,000 people came daily to buy, barter, and trade goods. Cortez was amazed by the craftsmanship displayed by the jewelers and metalsmiths who made intricate designs unlike anything in Europe. He was somewhat less impressed with the food booths, which serve snakes, castrated and fattened dogs, mice, worms, lice, and dried and hardened scum from the lake. And, of course, he was horrified by the merchants that peddled butchered human body parts. Selling them dicks. After stumbling across a display of over 130,000 dried and bleached human skulls and hearing about how the hottest teen fashion trend was to dress yourself in recently flayed human skin, Cortez decided it was time to see the main temple for himself. Montezuma agreed to personally escort him to the top of the temple. Upon their arrival, Montezuma ascended the 114 steps with ease and sent priests down to assist the Spaniards, who spurned the help. It took them all a good while, and when they got to the top, they were panting and gasping for air. Montezuma said, Hey, you guys must be tired. But Cortez had to look tough, so he wheezed out, The Spaniards are never... Tired. From the top of the temple, Cortez could see the whole island city and take in its magnificence. He could also see idols splattered with fresh and dried human viscera. Laid before the idols were fire pits containing sizzling human hearts. The sights and smells made Cortez gag and through his sweet, clean, barely legal, sexy translator Malinche. He once again told Montezuma that he was a big old dummy for following what Cortez deemed to be an evil religion. 
Cortez told Montezuma they should go halvesies on the temple. One side would be used for the violent religion based on sacrifice, and the other could be for whatever Montezuma believed in. <laughs> oh, the old switcheroo. Got him. Montezuma told Cortez he wouldn't have even shown him his sweet-ass temple if Cortez was going to be such a dick about it, and told him to fuck off back down the stairs. From the top of the temple, Cortez had seen how truly vulnerable he was. His forces were hopelessly outnumbered, and by moving on to an island city with limited methods of escape, he'd also allowed himself to be completely surrounded. His mistrust of the Aztecs only grew stronger when he received word that an Aztec chief named Qualpopaca had attacked the Spanish settlement of Veracruz after the Totonacs had told him they were best buds with Cortez and they didn't have to pay tribute to the Aztecs anymore. On November 14th, 1519, less than a week after his arrival in Tenochtitlan, Cortez marched into Montezuma's palace with 30 well-armed soldiers. Once there, he accused Montezuma of organizing the ambush in Cholula and ordering Qualpopaca to attack Veracruz. He then told Montezuma that he was taking him prisoner and he would be escorting the Aztec king back to Cortez's quarters. Now Montezuma was like, hey, hey, bro, I had nothing to do with that shit. You know what I'm saying? No, I had nothing. That was my cousin, you know? That's <laughs> my bro. And he said he'd send for Qualpopaca to come and explain everything. Now, Cortez said, okay, it's a cool, but uh, I'm still going to take you a prisoner until that guy shows up here. End quote. Montezuma then heroically begged Cortez to take his son and two daughters prisoner instead, which was probably pretty awkward for them, but Cortez refused and went ahead and imprisoned Montezuma. Oh, weird. Weird decision. <laughs> Guy constantly sacrificing people. Well, Not going to take vassals in his plate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. I just think it's weird because I tried the same thing. When I went to court, and I'm like, Judge, yeah, okay, all right. So maybe I took advantage of some unsuspecting livestock when I was drunk. But what if we locked up my child instead? Wouldn't that be a good lesson for her? Yeah. Sins of your father and all that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or, you know, quote unquote father. <laughs> we don't know. I think I'm her father, but every once in a while I see her watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and she gets up and touches the screen. She's like, I miss you, Daddy. Please come home. <laughs> you know, I mean, she's got my eyes, but she has those big, fluffy white hands <laughs> full of plush, which, I don't know. I don't know where those came from. <laughs> Well, a few weeks later, Quo Popoca arrived with his son and 15 chiefs, and he confessed that he had attacked and killed the Spaniards, but he had done so completely on his own. Like, listen, dude, Montezuma had nothing to do with that. I just thought it was a good idea. You know, be mad at me. Take it out on me. That's got to garner him, you know, some sort of amnesty or, if nothing else, just special treatment, you know? Yeah, because these are Catholics he's talking to, and they're all about confession, you know? Mm -hmm. Confess your sins, repent, right? He's coming clean. Yeah. Hey, this is what you wanted, and you want to encourage people 
after me to do the same. So you're going to, there's going to be some clemency here. 100%. Now let me read this next sentence. I don't know what's about to happen, but let me read this. Me either, yeah. Well, for his candor and honesty, Quopopoka, his sons, and all 15 chiefs were tied to stakes and burned alive. Oh! Oh! Yeah. No! No! Yeah. It's also a very Catholic thing, I have learned by studying history. Matsuzuma was forced to watch while bound in ankle irons. But following the execution, Cortez unchained Montezuma and offered to let him to return to his palace, but Montezuma refused. He feared that if he did so, his people would start a bloody rebellion against the Spanish, or even worse, against Montezuma and the Spanish. Over the following five months, things returned to some sense of normalcy. Montezuma was still hiding out in Cortez's quarters, but he retained power to rule over Tenochtitlan, and even left nightly to go to the temple for some good old-fashioned human sacrifices. He continued to hold massive feasts, and women came and went as Montezuma pleased. Well, they went. They went. Yeah, I wouldn't say they came. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, same, hey. same joke. High five, Fem- buddy. These guys believed that they had to kill people to make the sun come up every day, but even they knew that the female orgasm is a myth. myth. Straight up myth. <laughs> Well, Montezuma even took the Spanish on hunting trips and learned the workings of the crossbows and primitive muskets carried by the Spaniards. Becoming best bros. You know what's weird is I don't understand, like, how the Aztec people were still, I guess, uh, beholden to Montezuma or following Montezuma when he was staying in Cortez's camp. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just so weird to me. It's like they had to like see a weakness there, right? They did. They did see a, a bit of weakness, and some of the nobles and his advisors were like, hey, we need to go to war with these guys. But he was like all about trying to keep the peace. He had watched as Cortez and his Spaniards had marched all the way across Mexico and fucked up everybody they'd come across. And he's kind of like, we don't need to go to war. And he was still a big believer in that prophecy that... Cortez had arrived to destroy their civilization. So he's kind of like, well, that's kind of what fucking happened. Let's see what plays out, you know? Yeah, it's just so weird to me that the people would still follow him. Well, yeah, it is a little weird, but I bet it stays that way for the duration of time. 100%, dude. 100%. That will never change. Nope. Well, to your point, Greg, the other Aztec leaders, they, they weren't super stoked about any of this. And a plot was hatched to ambush and massacre the Spanish, but Montezuma feared it would fail. So he betrayed the plan to Cortez, who had the plotters arrested. And further continuing his humiliation of the conquered Montezuma, Cortez forced the Aztec king to sign a document declaring that Tenochtitlan was a part of the Spanish Empire and under the rule of the Spanish king. And then Cortez marched to the Great Temple and had a cross built on top of it, Going halvesies with the Aztecs like he had previously proposed. Yep, everything was going great for Cortez, but then he got word that Diego Velazquez had sent 18 warships and an army led by Captain Panfilio de Narvaez. 
You might remember Velasquez as the governor of Hispaniola, who had loaned Cortez a bunch of ships and money so that Cortez would bring him gold and slaves, and whom Cortez had pretty much immediately betrayed. And Hispaniola is the island that modern-day Dominican Republic and Haiti are on. That is correct. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Thank you for confirming it was correct, even though I did not need that. I knew it was fucking correct. I wouldn't have said it, Christopher. Why? I say shit that's wrong all the time on this podcast. No one knows. They go to bars and they're like, hey, did you know George Washington had a prosthetic penis? That's fucking crazy. And he was in love with his best friend, George, because their his names teeth are the same. wooden. That's a common misnomer. His nipples were. <laughs> I learned it on this podcast. You got to check it out now, pass. Why would that even make sense? <laughs> why, why wouldn't his nipples be wooden? Dude, do you think everything everybody did in ancient history was <laughs> in, like, well, it's not ancient history. Like, ugh, you don't know anything. You don't listen to this history podcast, 100 Proof History. <laughs> like, oh, now I know why you're so fucking stupid. Gotcha. <laughs> Well, on the surface, Montezuma expressed happiness that these Spanish ships had arrived so that they could transport Cortez and his fortune back home to Spain. But beneath the surface, he was really happy because he had double-crossed Cortez and had been communicating with Navarrez ever since he had landed. Now, the Spaniards could kill each other. Smart. Play, play them against each other, you know? Cortez left Captain Pedro de Alvarado, 120 Spaniards, and a whole bunch of Tlaxcalan warriors in Tenochtitlan, and rode out with 200 or so soldiers to meet Narvaez. Along the way, he sent word to Narvaez that he'd be happy to split his plunder with Governor Velasquez if Narvaez could produce official documents saying that Cortez was in violation of Spanish law and he wasn't the true governor of New Spain. And of course, Navias did not have the documents necessary to state this, and the Spanish were these big legal like experts. They wanted to stick to it. They were big believers in bureaucracy and red tape, and they wanted that documented. So since they didn't have that document, sorry, buddy. Kingly fellows, if you will. He also learned through a priest who was acting as a spy about Montezuma's plan to aid Navias in exchange for the capture or killing of Cortez. On the night of May 28, 1520, the forces of Cortez, which were now experienced in fighting in the jungles of Mexico, launched a sneak attack on the relatively green and discouraged army of Narvaez. Cortez's men charged into a temple where Narvaez had been sleeping and stabbed him right in his fucking eye. <laughs> then they ordered Narvaez to surrender, or they'd set the temple on fire and kill everyone but he was too busy screaming in pain to provide an answer. Like, hey, you gonna surrender? Ah! Ah, my! My! <laughs> the building was set on fire, and Narvaez was taken prisoner after crawling out while on fire and bleeding from his eye socket. Hey, I'm gonna need you to kind of fill out this form that says you surrender. I'm gonna get that notarized before I officially accept this. <laughs> 
Cortez was able to convince the rest of Narvaez's men that he was the rightful ruler of New Spain, and he could make them all wealthy men if they joined his side instead. The number of Spaniards serving under Cortez instantly swelled to 1,300, and he now had 96 horses for his cavalry. Narvaez was in prison in Veracruz and would remain there for three more years. Still on fire the whole goddamn time. (laughs) (laughs) That eye just bleeding away. (laughs) God damn it! Why won't this world close? (laughs) They took him to watch uh, Avatar 2 in the movie theaters. (laughs) Of course, they chose the 3D option. He was so inconvenient. What a poor guy, you know? About halfway through, someone's like, you know what, I'm, that's it, I'm going to fucking tell the manager, this guy is on fire, it is lighting up the whole goddamn theater, and it's ruined it for me. I paid a lot manager of money. Manager comes, and he's like, all right, I'll give you all, give you all free tickets. And then he complains, because he's like, look, I'm on fire, my eye's bleeding, I can't see the 3D. <laughs> I only have one lens of the glasses. This is blurry as shit. He also gets a free ticket. <laughs> the supplication of the fucking movie manager. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. The theater manager. Mm. That's why they're all going out of business. You know, I've said it for years, but the theater manager is the biggest cuck in the world. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, back in Tenochtitlan, rumors were spreading that Cortez was gone, he was never coming back, and Montezuma would soon be freed. The man Cortez had left in charge, Pedro de Alvarado, noticed that Montezuma was being super standoffish and distant. Just like my wife. I know what she's up to. I've seen the papers. I've seen the phone calls to the lawyer. Not full of me. But maybe I can reconcile it. Hmm. Maybe I'll get a Jamal of my own. <laughs> Make that go where the Mickey ears. It's not the same, but it's close. <laughs> He's actually wearing a Mighty Mouse costume because that's all you could find on short notice. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'll go with it. <laughs> Alvarado also took note that the Aztecs had stopped bringing the Spaniards food, which in the past had been an indicator that they were about to be attacked. One servant girl was murdered for aiding the Spanish, and the Spaniards had to resort to buying all their food in the marketplace and pretty soon they even lost access to that. Additionally, Alvarado had also learned that Montezuma had been in contact with Panfilio Navarez and had been plotting to take out Cortez. I said that like a white lady ordering fajitas mm-hmm. at Chili's. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, I will have one burrito. <laughs> Con carne. Uh, por favor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and she like slowly closes her Duolingo app. Work like a charm. <laughs> Still got it, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but for the meantime, the people of Tenochtitlan played it cool, and they began preparations for the festival of Tascatl which was held during the dry season and was thought to bring the much-needed summer rains. The whole festival was centered on human sacrifice, and the star of the show was a hand-picked male virgin who spent an entire year learning music and being hailed as a god and worshipped. And then, during the festival, he would be stabbed to death, have his still-beating heart ripped out 
and his head would be placed on display for everyone to see. And then they'd pick a new virgin to murder the following year. He's up there on the temple, and he's like, guys, guys, I've been learning this all year. Listen to this. And he starts playing Wonderwall, and he fucks up on the third chord. I'm like, oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up sex for this! <laughs> Cortez is like, I can't believe you killed him after he messed up one time. And they're like, oh, he messed up? <laughs> oh, no, he's playing Wonderwall. I mean... That was happening. We didn't know he messed up. Yeah, we stopped listening oh, yeah. as soon as we heard the first two chords. Yeah. I don't blame you. Okay. <laughs> but Pedro de Alvarado also noticed there were a whole bunch of stakes around the city that looked really good for holding up a dead body. Fearing he would soon be attacked, he captured three Aztec priests and tortured them by searing their stomachs with burning logs in order to gain information. But that didn't work. So, he tossed one of them off the roof of the palace. The others reluctantly admitted that the Aztecs planned on ambushing the Spaniards after the festival. But Pedro de Alvarado was not about to let that shit happen on his watch! You ain't fucking ruining Carnival, I swear (laughs) to God. We will rave with these glow sticks into the night. Listen to Gloria Stefan. Or whatever they listen to in Brazil. But I'm going to assume it's Gloria Stefan. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. I only know one, one Spanish lady that sings songs. That's all I could come up with. Well, that feels like a fantastic place to take a break, refresh our drinks, come back and find out what happens to these Aztecs. I got a feeling it's all going to work out for them. I guess I gotta be that guy. Mm-hmm. Go against the grain. I don't think it's gonna work out at all. Oh. I think it's gonna end horribly. All right. Well, you know what? Let's bet all the Patreon money right now. Okay. All right. You idiot. You Dollar sucker. fifty. Dollar <laughs> fifty total each month. <laughs> Before fees and taxes. Hey, you said you're the one that said we had six Patreons, so. Let's take it down a further notch. We have half a Patreon. (laughs) No, we are doing good, and we appreciate the Patreon subscribers, but we'd like to get a few more. Maybe consider it during this break. Sold it. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a funny joke, Greg, but I don't condone the racism. Oh, hello, listener. Okay. <laughs> no, he needs some of that. He needs some of that comeuppance because I'm always the, the victim of these things that I have said and are recorded. Uh, welcome back, guys. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> the break. Hope it was good for you. Uh, one thing I want to talk about right here. Some, a little insider knowledge when it comes to podcasting is that you're always desperate to get people to listen and you're always trying to find new ways to do that. And one thing podcasters always do is reach out to each other and say, hey, bro, I'll play your promo or hype up your podcast if you hype up my podcast. And you're like, okay, okay, slow down. You cannot meet the level of quality of this show, sir. Mm-mm. Yeah, we're not going to do ma'am. that. Or ma'am. Yeah. Or ma'am. Or ma'am. 
So we're not going to do that. But uh, here recently, there was a guy who reached out and said, hey, you guys interested in doing a little swap thing? I'm like, let me listen to this show. Let me listen to this bullshit. And I was blown away, and I enjoyed the show. Fantastic. So we decided, you know what? I'm going to hype him up. He's going to hype us up. And that is the Wild West Extravaganza. It's all cowboys all the time, man. And the dude who does it, Josh, really cool guy, has a really smooth country voice, narrates the story, tells it so well. You're like, man, I'm learning so much. And I'm feeling kind of sexual while learning. Oh, yeah. You just picture that dude in some chaps. Mm, assless. Oh, naturally. of course. Oh, 100%. Yeah, his uh, most recent episodes are on Wyatt Earp, which we did a show on Wyatt Earp, and I still learned so fucking much from his shows. And uh, I felt like, you know, maybe he did it a little better than us, but you'll have to compare <coughs> to find, <laughs> find out. Uh, if you're interested, find him anywhere on any of your favorite podcast apps, Wild West Extravaganza. I'll also throw a link to his website down in the show notes. All right. Well, that's one commercial out of the way. I have another commercial, Greg. Oh. Yeah. People think we just pick these topics out of a hat or something. Um, really, it's just what I'm watching on TV. And I'm like, oh, oh, that'd be a great show. And no one else is watching this, so they won't know. Um, How's that not the same thing? Right? <laughs> the hat is just called TV. <laughs> it's whatever is on the the history channel. I can't say that because they don't show history. Whatever thing I find on YouTube while my wife is in the bedroom with her friend Ricardo doing the taxes. That's what they tell me, at least. He's a CPA, so it yeah, checks out. it lines up. So, flipping through the YouTube channels one day, and I see this trailer for this upcoming movie. I'm like, holy shit, that'd be a great story. And I reached out to the people producing it, and they agreed to sponsor our show as long as we play the trailer for you guys. And that's what we have right here. Wolf Dick, roll that beautiful bean footage. Meet Newis, just an ordinary teenager living in the Aztec city of Tenochtitlan. Mom, I'm home from school. The kids all made fun of me because I got a boner in gym class again. That's nice, honey. Newis had some strange opinions. Listen, bro, that's your dad. I'm telling you that in this house, we celebrate the GD Festival of Taz Cottle. You're not my dad, Trevor. You're just a guy who f***s my mom. I hate Taz Cottle, and I hate you. But his world was about to change forever. Newest, what did we get in the mail today? Oh my god. It's a letter. And it says, I've been selected as the official virgin of next year's Festival of Toscoddle. That's nice, honey. New World Cinema presents a coming-of-age story about a boy who learned what it meant to be a man. Listen, bro, you got two options. Spend the year learning to play instruments, being revered as a god, and filling your heart with the true meaning of Toscoddle. Or, or we can get you laid. You mean I would have to put my wee-wee in a girl's private area? Oh, yeah. yuck e. And that every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. I have spent the past 11 months falling in love with you, but I can feel you pulling away. I don't understand, Newis. 
I didn't understand at first either. Overly attractive teenage actress who will never be in another movie. But I know what Toxcoddle is all about now. And I know what I have to do. Not for you, and not for me, but so we can make sure it rains and all of our crops grow. Virgin Newis, it is time. Would you like to say anything to the crowd? Yeah. F*** you, Trevor. Stay off my mommy. The death of a virgin. Wait a minute. Death of a virgin? What, what do they mean? What is it? Oh, God! Oh, God, they're stabbing me! This hurts so much! Mom! Mom, why did you let this happen? Help me, Trevor! Trevor! Oh, God. Oh, God, that's my heart! I can see my heart! I should have had sex! Coming soon to the Hallmark Channel. Bravo. Bravo. Looking forward to that one. I, I do hate it, though, when the trailer gives away the whole plot. You know? Gosh, that's so annoying, too. You know? Yeah. I understand there's nuance in there. You still want to see the movie, but God, it happens all too much. Yeah, feeding the masses. That's what that is. You know? <laughs> well, thanks for sitting through that obviously real thing. And thanks to Local Lou, <laughs> one of our best friends and listeners for providing voice of overly attractive teenage girl who never be in another movie again, because I only have one girl voice and you could tell it's, I mean, it's still sexy, but it's, it's a little older than that role. It was awful. <laughs> you do an awful girl. <laughs> it's not what all those guys at the truck stop say, but whatever. It's fine. <laughs> All right, well, we got the ads out of the way. Now it's time to do what we do every episode. And that is pop the tops on our second half seltzers. Second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. Second half seltzer. Three, two, one. Pop your tops. Oh, God, everywhere. How annoying. <laughs> Fucking hate these seltzers. <laughs> Why don't yeah. we do this non-sponsored fucking segment? We force ourselves into it. I've been sick of seltzers for a fucking year and a half now. God <laughs> damn it! Well, I'm sure... God damn it! The few people in real life you've told about this show do the same thing to you. They do to me. Every time they say drinking seltzer, it's like, Hey, is that a second half seltzer? Like, oh, God, I hate my life. What have I done to myself? They do. That's why I regret ever telling anybody <laughs> that I do this podcast. <laughs> Oh, I did it with a mask surreptitiously and never told a fucking soul. That and I got fired and I'm homeless now, but uh, <laughs> it's mostly the seltzer thing. Mainly the seltzer thing. Everything else is just fucking tacked on. <laughs> I hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, having said that, Greg, are you ready to do the rest of this show? I can't fucking wait. <laughs> Hernan Cortez had spent the better part of the spring of 1520 fighting off his fellow Spanish countrymen for the right to lay claim to Mexico and was blissfully unaware of the tensions that were rising back in Tenochtitlan between Pedro de Alvarado and the Aztecs. In May, when the Festival of Tazcatl began, thousands of Aztec citizens crowded into the courtyard outside the palace and began to dance and sing. From the walls above, Pedro de Alvarado ordered the gates sealed and said, let them die. Without warning, the Spanish opened fire with crossbows, cannons, and muskets. 
The Aztec citizens attempted to fight back, but they were no match and were summarily slaughtered. The drums of war began to beat, and the Aztec men streamed toward the palace to attack the Spaniards and their Tlaxcalan allies. The superior Spanish firepower drove them back, but not before Alvarado suffered a head wound from a well-thrown rock. Eventually, a priest and Montezuma were able to calm the crowd. Yeah, and, uh, well, I mean, the priest went out there and spoke and told everybody, hey, let's chill out, but Montezuma actually sent a tweet about it, and it was like several hours after it began. And it said, and I have the tweet, um, I'll read it to you, said, quote, These are the things and events that happen when a sacred landslide election victory is so unceremoniously and viciously stripped away from great patriots who have been badly and unfairly treated for so long. Go home with love and in peace. Remember, this day forever. I remember that tweet. <laughs> that was not Montezuma. <laughs> I mean, it was similar circumstances. So, it it still applies, you know. Just everybody getting riled up, trying to, you know, murder a bunch of people inside a pal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a government building. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a that was a 45th president of the United States right there. <laughs> well, when Cortez found out what had happened, he rushed back, gave Pedro de Alvarado a tongue lashing, and not the good kind, demoted him, and apologized to Montezuma. And um, just for full transparency, I have a ghostwriter, and uh, you know, all like I'm, I don't have a funny bone in my body. Every everything I say is written by this ghostwriter, and I don't know what the good kind of tongue lashing is. I'll just be <laughs> honest, guys. You know, well, you know, it's like getting hit with a whip, except it's a tongue. So they, they tie you to a post. They come up and just run their tongue across your ass, and then run away, and they just keep doing that over and over again. <laughs> just a circle of dudes just fucking spanking you with their tongue and running around back. <laughs> yeah. Get back in the circle, you know, like a duck-duck-goose scenario? <laughs> yeah. Like the uh, the Parthian shot made famous by the fucking Huns. Oh, yeah. You know, and nice. Attila. Fucking history joke. And then one, one of them runs through with a cat, so you can get a little rough tongue on there. <laughs> what was that? Yeah, yeah. You all thought I was serious. Half the bones in my body are fucking funny. The other half, history bones. <laughs> Fuck you, listener. <laughs> well, then that, that bone my, my uncle lost in my body. <laughs> His cancer fell off. Don't worry about it. Gross. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway. He was a leper. He was a leper with self-control issues. He knew what was going to happen. God. (laughs) Oh, well. So anyway. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. I'm done. (laughs) Well, Cortez's, uh, his little love nugget, Malinche, she begged Montezuma to have the Aztecs open the market back up to the starving Spanish, but he pointed out how he had become a lame duck god emperor and had no power. He suggested that Cortez free his brother, Quetzalcoatl, who would have more luck convincing the Aztec people to be chill. Cortez agreed, but it turns out Quetzalcoatl really fucking hated the Spanish. They were just terrible at reading the signs. Like, he's just sitting over there with his arms crossed on the couch... And they're watching The Office, which is a hilarious show. And he's not laughing one bit. You're like, what's wrong? Oh, nothing. You sure? Everything's fine. 
Everything's okay. good. All right. Cool. Glad to hear it. Just making sure. Just texting his mother. It's like this this stupid motherfucker over here doesn't even know. He doesn't know. This was a mistake, mom. <laughs> How do I get out of this? Me and the kids. Just pretend to be nice for him a while, close all the bank accounts, move to a different state. He'll have no power, won't be able to find you. Start setting up tuition accounts for the kids because those can't be contested in a divorce. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know that, Greg? Oh, I don't know. Um, I'm glad my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that because I was in a divorce or anything, but uh, yeah, that's scary. (laughs) That's, yeah. Because you could put, apparently, a bunch of money in these accounts, whether or not they use it for tuition. Other family can use it. Yeah, it's, woo, woo, scary stuff. Well, I hope our listeners are learning something. You know, if they're not learning about the Aztecs, they're at least like, oh, fuck, yeah. Male Thanks. listeners, fucking watch yourselves. Female <laughs> listeners, fucking get them. Yeah, see? <laughs> We're helping out both of them. Playing both sides. Well, yeah, so Quetzalcoatl hated the Spanish, and he instantly convinced the Aztec nobles to make him the new emperor and to go to war against the Spanish. Within a couple days, he had massed an army numbering in the tens of thousands and launched an attack on the compound where the Spanish were staying from all directions. Cortez attempted to launch a counterattack and break free, but the streets were so swollen with Aztec warriors that all he could do was fight them back to the relative safety of the compound walls. Along the way, he suffered a serious injury when an Aztec warrior crushed his left hand with a club. This is his left hand. I'm a right, fellas. <laughs> oh, because you, you masturbate with the other one. What if you're left-handed? You still masturbate with the right hand. That's not what I heard. <laughs> I heard left-handed people masturbate with an apple that they cored and then heated up in the microwave. And <laughs> they are supposed to be that's more. That's what I heard. They are supposed to be more creative than right-handed people. Oh, that's why they die forty years earlier. <laughs> Oh, that's why that one guy painted lipstick on his hand and put googly eyes on it. <laughs> I always thought that was so stupid. The uh, left-handed people die on average 10 years earlier. And yeah. and the excuse is everything's made for right-handed people. Like yeah. scissors. <laughs> yeah. How does that make sense? Scissors? No, they're not. Are they? Uh, Am I uh, fucking stupid? Some scissors are better suited for right-handed people. But and then that gives you cancer? Yeah, it kills you, I guess. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, left-handed people eat the plastic uh, handles of the scissors. Like, <laughs> I'm oh, just, okay. They're completely different. You know, as a child, that's obviously an issue, but once you become an adult, how often are you scissoring things, ladies? The fighting raged for over a week. The Spanish used the walls to bombard the Aztecs from above with cannon fire and muskets. They attempted to construct wheeled war towers that they hoped would move through the crowd safely, but these towers were immediately destroyed by the Aztecs. Eventually, the Aztecs said, Here's a little trick I learned from the FBI in Waco, Texas in 1993 and then traveled back to the past, (laughs) and set fire to the compound, forcing the Spanish to remove entire sections of burning walls to protect the main compound itself. This... Jerry, you went to the future, and that's the only fucking thing you learned? What's the status of the Aztec Empire in 1993? Oh, I'm sure it's fine. I didn't. 
Yeah, I didn't really. This was big news, guys. This was on the news every day in 93. No one was talking about the Aztecs, so I'm assuming everything well, was... Well, the, the, the <laughs> fucking teleportation machine was built in the Branch Davidian. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> I didn't get a chance. Things were going to shit very quickly. <laughs> I thought it took like 50-something days, Jerry. Well, I made some friends, okay? I hung out for a little while. <laughs> I joined a band with this guy named David. He, he was play. cool. Yeah. He liked to fuck kids. It was weird. <laughs> but, you know, you look past people's faults. Kept telling him, you don't have sex with the kids. You kill them in a ceremony. What? You know, uh, the future was crazy. That's all I'm saying, guys. You sacrifice them, and then you reap the rewards. He didn't believe that. And unfortunately, it took till the end when he finally saw the light. It was like, oh, you were right. And I was like, well, I got to go, dude. This shit is fucking smoking. <laughs> and I teleported back. Uh, Check, please. That's what I said before. I <laughs> Not really. He, I just thought of it. He kind of snickered, sh- and then he picked up an M16. Yeah. <laughs> but at least I got that snicker in there. I was like, fuck yeah. Even in the worst of times, I can make him smile. Yeah. Me and David were cool. We were tight. I see what you're doing. You're just fucking pumping me up. So I'm like, yeah, that was funny. All right, I'm in a good mood now. Yeah, Yeah, me and David are cool. You're a man manager, dude. I like it. (laughs) I'm your hype guy. (laughs) Fuck yeah. He does make me feel better about myself. He's just riffing over there. I'm like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All right, where are we? Well, the situation was desperate. Cortez had spotted several Aztec nobles in the attacking crowd, as well as the new emperor, Quetzalcoatl, and decided his best route was diplomacy. He asked Montezuma to address the crowd. Montezuma refused, so Cortez ordered him to the roof at Sword Point. Once up there, Montezuma started talking, but it is very unlikely he was heard over the loud roar of battle. Seconds after he appeared, arrows and stones were fired at Montezuma. He was struck at least three times in the chest and head by large stones and crumpled to the ground. The soldiers rushed to cover him with their shields, but they were too late. Montezuma lived for a few days, but on June 30th, 1520, he succumbed to his injuries and died. Moment of silence for Montezuma. Pour one out for Monty. Oh, did I say that during the mo- Oh, <laughs> That's fine. I'll pour one in my mouth. Oh, that's what he would have wanted. A holiday sangria style truly, you know? (laughs) All right. Well, meanwhile, the Aztecs had climbed to the top of their 60-meter tall great temple and were using it to bombard the Spanish compound. Since Cortez had seen Revenge of the Sith and had recently downloaded Duolingo, he knew that not having the high ground was, quote, no bueno. And yes, I understand that Spanish was his native language. <laughs> it was very stupid. Just very stupid. <laughs> so he launched an attack on the temple. It was something of a success. He did wind up taking the temple, killing a shitload of Aztecs, smashed their religious idols, and tossed a whole bunch of priests off the top. But he lost dozens of soldiers and didn't have the manpower to hold it, so he retreated back to the compound. Mission accomplished. Hang the banner. 
Once there, he learned from a man who claimed to be able to read the stars and speak to spirits that if the Spanish did not leave Tenochtitlan that night, they would all be destroyed. It's just the horoscope writer for the local paper. And he was like, oh yeah, same thing. It's like, if you don't make a change soon, trouble might be coming. He's like, oh, fuck. I know what that means. We got to get out of here, fellas. Pack all the shit. Let's go. You opened a fortune cookie. Mm-hmm. Gave him some fucking dumbass advice and had lottery numbers on the back. And he makes world-changing decisions <laughs> based on it. He's texting a boy on Tinder. He's like, what's your sign? Oh, Libra. Ah, oh, we're not compatible. Let's go. We're done with this fucking town, boys. <laughs> I need one of those Capricorns to give me their Capra horn, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we're fucking Audi 5000. I need a Taurus, because I want a bull. <laughs> None of you cucks. I'm all about the bulls. <laughs> well, Cortez responded to this apparent clairvoyant man and said, Oh, fuck, for real, bro, and decided to evacuate the city, but not before loading his men down with eight tons of gold, silver, and jewels and building a portable bridge that required 40 men to carry it. The Spanish clambered out onto the causeway that led to nearby Tacuba and instantly found themselves surrounded by Aztecs in canoes. Like, what's worse? Aztecs on a plane? Mm-mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Snakes on a plane I've reference. <laughs> had it with these Aztecs. <laughs> on this motherfucker. Had it with these motherfucking Aztecs on this <clears throat> motherfucking plane. Well, after... So, they're going to try and make it to, to Cuba. But after they try and make it to, to Cuba, they're going to try and make it to... Jamaica, Bermuda, Bahama. But then they're going to realize they should really go to Kokomo. They'll take it what fast. About the, what about the pretty mama, though? <laughs> Where's she? Oh, she's back home with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Boys it's a boys trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 35-year-old Beach Boys song reference. Woo! <laughs> Anybody bring the baby oil? <laughs> Ten men all in unison. Yeah, but, oh, oh, shit. We got a lot of baby oil. I brought olive oil because it's edible. Uh-huh. You're always thinking ahead. <laughs> I brought baby oil because it's ironic. We won't be making any babies <laughs> on this trip. But we'll be trying. <laughs> I brought oatmeal cream pies. Oh, Dave, you're fucking gross. <laughs> you're gross. <laughs> Way too on the nose. I'll show you on the... Dave, shut the fuck up! <laughs> you're uninvited. You go to Fire Island with the rest of them. <laughs> As they fought across the bridge, men began to fall into the water and drown weighed down by the gold they had plundered. Thousands of arrows and rocks pelted the Spanish from the canoes and from the Aztecs who'd taken up positions at the end of the bridge. Eventually, the Spanish and their Tlaxcalan allies escaped and made it to Tacuba, but not before 600 Spaniards and 4,000 Tlaxcalans were killed. 
On top of that, they had lost most of their horses, gunpowder, and cannons. And pretty much all the gold, silver, and jewels were now at the bottom of Lake Texcoco. The Spanish dubbed it La Noche Triste, which Cortez knew through his Duolingo lessons meant the Night of Sorrows. Again, <laughs> Duolingo lessons of his native language. <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you guys know manzana means apple? You've been doing that for like three years, Cortez. Well, I only do one lesson a day. And I don't really, like, you know, it's just kind of like a toilet thing at work. You know, just, I'm going to knock this out. Keep my streak alive. If you guys are going to keep making fun of me, I'm just going to leave on my BC Clayta. And then raises his eyebrows and they're like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> All right, leaving on my BC Clayta. Qual is su problema? What? What you say to me? Are you talking about me? They're always laughing. They're always over there talking and laughing. I think they're talking about me. I'm getting really fucking paranoid about this, you guys. I'm taking my BC Clayta to the biblioteca. <laughs> they're like, all right, fucking do it. Go now, please. <laughs> Jesus. And like before he says a sing- any sentences, he's always like, uh, como se dice? Uh, and then he says the sentence in fluent <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> But he says it before every sentence. Uh, Como se dice? Como se dice? Donde está el baño? You, <laughs> you just said it. I don't. Oh, Cortez, you idiot! It reminds me when uh, my wife and I went to Germany, and uh, I looked up how to say "I'm sorry," but I don't speak German <laughs> in German. Or whatever. And I looked it up in German. But I would say it so like perfectly that people would just like look at me all weird because it was too good. It's not like uh, no speak English. Right. It's like I'm sorry I don't speak English. Do you speak Spanish? And you'd be like, it sounds like you speak English. And you'd be like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. I used to go to the uh, the Mexican market. You know the meat market and stuff like that. And I say like, dos libros. Do yeah. It actually yeah. Oh, Let let's go away. <laughs> I would say dos libros, uh, dos libros de pollo, por favor. And then that's all the Spanish I fucking know. Two pounds of chicken, and they start speaking in Spanish. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's back it up. I was too, I was too confident. Let's back this shit up. Let's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I'm sorry. I I just want some chicken legs. When you grab those <laughs> right there. The Nortenia ones. Th- thank you. Uh, <laughs> lo siento. <laughs> well, the Spanish were not safe in Tacuba, and Cuitlahoc didn't let up, ordering the Aztecs to pursue Cortez. Over the following week, Cortez and the Spanish retreated back to the friendly city-state of Tlaxcala, but Cortez was wounded several times. By the time they arrived in Tlaxcala on July 11th, Cortez had a crushed left hand, two swollen knees, and his skull was fractured in two places. Spanish doctors went to work on him, using searing oil to cauterize his wounds, and carefully picked stone fragments out of his skull. But surprisingly, the medical technology of 1520 was not enough to prevent Hernán Cortez from falling into a coma. It would take 20 days, but Cortez would regain consciousness and recover, and when he woke up, he was fucking pissed. 
I'm a human, and I'm coming. <laughs> his captains wanted to retreat back to Cuba, but he said, fuck that shit, organized his army, and launched an attack on the city-state of Tepeyaca. Well, that's what we think happened. But really, he, he had suffered severe brain damage, so he's just speaking nonsense. He's just saying, oatmeal, purple raincoat, boat hammer. And everybody's like, well, fuck, that means we gotta attack this... These guys, we can't go back home. He said, boat hammer. That means you destroy the boats like you did before. Let's go get them, fellas. Brain damage joke, Greg. I can't believe you interrupted my aggressive reading of this paragraph. I will continue. (laughs) This campaign was a series of massive victories for the Spaniards, who suffered very few casualties while wiping out the Tapiecan warriors who allied with the Aztecs to show that he was no longer going to be the super cool Mr. Chill he had been before, he also slaughtered the male citizens and enslaved the women and children. To mark them as slaves, he ordered a G for guerra, which is Spanish for war, to be seared onto their faces with red-hot branding irons. Okay, now, now you can fucking make a little stupid jokes. Go ahead. I got nothing. That was all I had. You piece of shit. (laughs) Floundered like a fucking catfish on the shore of a lake that's drying. Just (gasps) gasping for air. (gasps) Of course, it's a joke. (gasps) Please kill me. You know, prostitutes do that when you tie their hands and bound their feet and put a plastic bag over their head. I I don't know if you knew that. Oh, no, no. That's new information for me. I mean, probably. You know, I just, I imagined it because I read a book and then imagined it. Anyway, the victory in uh, Tepeaca opened up a path from the eastern coast of Mexico to the doorstep of Tenochtitlan, allowing Cortes to bring more and more men and weapons in from the West Indies. While this was happening, the Aztec population was suffering what they called the Great Rash. Well, insert Preparation H joke. Am I right? <laughs> Emroids. Hey. Uh, funny right. bones. Funny bones. Funniest podcast on the internet. Right here. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Turns out an African man who had served as a porter on one of Penfilio Narvaez's ships had a slight case of smallpox. He wound up defecting to Cortez's side in early 1520 and spent the night in an Aztec household. The disease spread from there. That's how it works, man. You let strange people stay in your house and diseases just get spread. Like, you know, I invited that, that guy I met at the shelter over one night. And then suddenly, my wife had every STD he had. You know, <laughs> luckily it skipped me. I don't know how, but it, it skipped me. You know, how? I think it's my natural immunity. You know, um, I won't get a shot against anything. You know, I'm not getting vaccinated. I think the, the immune system's how you fight things off. I mean, that's why God oh, yeah. created did you, it. Did you do your own research? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, there's a lot of YouTube videos that I will post in the comments below. I mean, read what this doctor said. I know that she's a foot doctor from <laughs> Houston that has since been disbarred, but that's only because she went against the medical establishment. Don't you think it's a little interesting? She told the truth, and then suddenly she wasn't allowed to practice medicine anymore? What you mean don't... the podiatrist? 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sure the the demo rats would have preferred her to be a pediatrist. Oh! You know Pedophile. Uh, rocket pizza and ping pong. Let's go. Fucking. Bam! 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 Got him! Woo! Democrats fuck kids. <laughs> anyway, back to reality. The Aztecs became too sick to harvest their food and began to starve. It didn't help that they were big believers in communal bathing, which allowed the smallpox to spread even faster. Eventually, even the nobles and leaders had contracted the disease. The Aztec emperor, Quetzalcoatl, contracted it as well and died from it in December of 1520. See, even the elites are dying of this shit. Yeah. Well, he was only emperor for, what, like six months, too? Dude. Pretty short reign. He was just like James Garfield, you know? He had some big plans for the country. <laughs> and he got shot in a fucking train station. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's how it goes. Sorry, that's, bud. Yeah. He got shot by a guy who thought he should be minister to Paris. It's the exact same story. People don't, uh, people don't realize that. But that's why we're here. Time is a wheel. <laughs> was it? Time is a flat circle. From uh, True Detective. You ever watch True Detective? Yes. Oh. But I said, time is a wheel. Okay, fair enough. Yeah! On a bus. <laughs> and they go round and round. It goes round and round. <laughs> All right. Print out a picture of a fucking wheel mm -hmm. from a side profile right now. What Ooh. shape is that in? It's a circle. Flat circle, stupid motherfucker. All right. <laughs> Cortez was unaware of the Aztec's newly weakened state. But even if he had found out, he wouldn't have given two farts. He had vengeance on his mind and a plan to see it through. The first part of that plan was to take out the city-states that bordered Tenochtitlan on Lake Tezcoco. Over the first few months of 1521, he did just that with relative ease. At one point, he was forced to fall back out of the city, but not before destroying it and taking even more lady slaves. Yuck. <laughs> Eventually, his men would move on to the city of Chapultepec, which provided fresh water to Tenochtitlan via a two-mile-long aqueduct. The Spaniards destroyed the aqueduct and took possession of the spring that fed it, essentially denying the citizens of Tenochtitlan any access to fresh water. Then they formed the corporation we now know as Nestle. That's a fresh water joke, Greg. I, I'm aware. Okay, well, you didn't laugh, so obviously it was a it was a good joke. It was a I smiled, and that translates very well to audio form, <laughs> as we all know. While all of this had been happening, Cortez had been overseeing what was probably the craziest and most ingenious idea he would have during his entire time in Mexico. He realized that the Aztec canoes that freely moved around Lake Tezcoco were a real threat to his forces. So, he ordered the construction of 13 large sailing vessels and had the Tlaxcalans dig a one-mile-long, 20-meters-deep canal from the city-state of Tezcoco to the lake so that he could launch a naval attack on the city of Tenochtitlan. The Spanish launched their attack on Tenochtitlan on June 1st, 1521. 
The Aztecs soon found that their rocks and arrows did absolutely jack shit to the Spanish ships, and the Spaniards found that they could just ram the canoes and destroy them with ease. And it was really funny because, I don't know if funny is the right word, it was interesting, historically accurate, that as they were ramming these ships, they could see Cortez on the, the bow of the lead ship with his arms spread out wide towards the sky. And he said, Yo soy el rey del mundo. You know? And they didn't know what that meant. And neither did Cortez. He had to look up on Duolingo later. But uh, it turns out it was a Titanic joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I feel your support waning in the back half of this. He, he is the king of the world. <laughs> once again i'm a catfish upon the shore just gasping for air the fucking duolingo you know (laughs) i hate when somebody's doing duolingo because they would just want to speak in fucking duolingo yeah it's like dude i fucking monolingo you know (laughs) i'm monolingo let's fucking speak our native language you come to this country. <laughs> I'm not here to fucking placate you, okay? I'm not helping you in your endeavor. I only do things that help me. All right? I'm very self-serving. How do you not know that? I run a fucking podcast, and you know that. You know that I'm a narcissist. <laughs> I want to hear myself talk. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, fake friend. All Start your f- Literally all of my friends. <laughs> I only care about me. <laughs> oh, you want to talk? Start your own podcast. Nobody fucking listen because it's not as good as mine. <laughs> we have 0.5 Patreon listeners. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? Dollar fifty in my pocket every month. What are you doing? <laughs> fucking nothing. <laughs> of three dollar. Minimum contribution. (laughs) Hey, but we made it $3 maximum as well. That's true. That is We are kind of benevolent podcasters. Completely obsessed with ourselves. We we deserve way more than that $3. Let's be honest. (laughs) You should charge $100 a month. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) All that content? Are you fucking kidding me, dude? Oh, shit. It's the third commercial. We've worked the third commercial. Hundreds of hours? Of content? Are you fucking kidding me? 39 episodes? 39 full-size episodes and like 63 mini-episodes, which are still like 30 minutes each? What? What? If you round those up to the nearest hundredth ahead of them, Mm. that's 100 episodes and 200 fucking... I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, with this naval attack, Cortez was now able to completely blockade the island city and put it under siege. Steven Seagal style. I said under siege instead of siege on purpose. Because I did not want to (laughs) evoke the ghost of Steven Seagal. No, he's here again. You guys looking for some firepower? Oh, no. Good job, Chris. You know, Putin has some really good ideas. God. Oh, God damn damn it. Hitler wasn't such a bad guy. Jesus, Steven, get out of here. Come on, man. Anybody hungry? 
Anybody want a Taekwondo? What? <laughs> Isn't it Taekwondo? Does it make sense? Taekwondo to Qdoba and get a big old fucking bowl of nachos. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Steven, get out of here! <laughs> Ghost evaporates noise. <laughs> All right, I think he's gone. So crazy is Ghost visits us and he's still alive. That's weird. It was the skinny version of him, but he still wanted Qdoba. <laughs> he, he knows what that is. They do give you free queso and guacamole. All right, commercial Unlike number four out of the way. This is a personal commercial, all right? They're not paying me a cent. Unlike the rest of our commercials. <laughs> Getting a shitload of money from the Hallmark Channel. Shut your mouth. Oh, and the John Brown the AMC Theaters commercial. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's paying dividends, man. Subway. I'm rich as fuck. God. I have so oh. many six-inch subs in my freezer right now. Oh. History podcast! But even as the inhabitants suffered from thirst, starvation, and disease, they continued to put up a fierce fight. This is the dumbest fucking podcast. <laughs> I know. But remember, they're all blockaded by Cortez. So yeah. When you're getting it back to history. Cold cut combo. <laughs> In fact, every attempt to take the city was beaten back, and the Spaniards suffered massive casualties. In one offensive, Cortez was only able to escape with his life because the three warriors who grabbed him wanted to capture him and sacrifice him at the temple rather than kill him on the spot, and his captains were able to rescue him. At one point, their Tlaxcalan allies abandoned them, prompting the new Aztec emperor, Cuauhtémoc, to proclaim the Spanish would be destroyed in eight days. They survived the Aztec onslaught, and their Tlaxcalan allies returned. Inside the city, things were getting pretty desperate for Cuauhtémoc. His people were starving and dying at an incredibly high rate. He ordered the dead hidden in homes and had women dress up as Aztec warriors to give the impression that everything was okie-dokie, but Cortes learned the truth through spies. Oh, those aren't sexy men warriors? Those are ladies? Gross! What is he doing? They're wearing the same skirt armor I am. Well, that's, that's not what a lady's supposed to wear. She's supposed to wear a power suit, so I know not to touch her. <laughs> Cortez offered to allow Cuauhtémoc to surrender, but the emperor refused. And since the Aztec fought from rooftops and walls, Cortez knew that meant he would have to reduce Tenochtitlan to absolute rubble. In the first days of August, the Spanish and Tlaxcalans stormed into Tenochtitlan, and this time they were met with little resistance. Over two days, Cortez either killed or imprisoned 50,000 people. The Tlaxcalans, who were ancient enemies of the Aztecs, took no prisoners and engaged in wholesale slaughter. It's the best price on slaughter. It's not retail slaughter here. It's, right? it's Costco slaughter. You it's get a straight little, from the factory. You get a little free sample of the slaughter. Like, you know There's what? There's no middleman. You know, I just came in for rotisserie chicken, but this slaughter, this slaughter's really fucking good. Oh. Chef's kiss. 20-pack of Tombstone pizzas. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry, Red Baron. 
Which, which one is more on brand? I don't remember. I think we did another rent. commercial. Fuck. Did we do them both? I think we. Oh, we did do both. It was a Fuck. battle of pizzas in our wide area. But damn it, we did boot. Whoa. <laughs> We did do both. It was a battle of pizzas in our Wyatt Earp episode, which you can only find on the Patreon. But if you want to know more about Wyatt Earp, check out Wild West Extravaganza. Two commercials for that guy. Oh. 18th great, commercial. How great are we? <laughs> this thing is, we're basically the NFL. 11 minutes of action and like two hours of AIDS medicine commercials. Absolutely printing fake money. Dollar <laughs> fifty a month, baby. As they moved through the city, the combined Spanish and Tlaxcalan force destroyed and burned Tenochtitlan to the ground. On August 13th, 1521, Quatamoc was caught trying to escape the city in a canoe. He asked to be executed. Cortez refused, but did grant the emperor's request that his few remaining citizens be allowed to flee the city and mourn their dead. The mightiest empire in the New World had fallen. Cortez woke up the next day with a massive hangover and looked out on the burning city. He had Quatamoc tortured to find out where all the gold and jewels had gone, only for him to confess he had dumped it all in the lake. That meant when all the spoils of the campaign were divided amongst the Spanish, it came out to be an insultingly low 160 pesos per man. Still, Cortez was a conqueror. Construction of Mexico City began in 1522, and Cortez had his palace built directly on top of the ruins of Montezuma's palace. He would become massively famous and wealthy, and would continue to explore and colonize for another 25 years. He is said to have told his king, I am the one who gave you more kingdoms than you had towns before, in his strangely Italian accent. <laughs> All it took was a complete massacre of an entire civilization and the destruction of their culture. Worth it? Let us know in the comments below. End of story. Woo! We did it. They said no one could tell the story of Hernan Cortez and the fall of the Aztecs. They said it couldn't be done. You can't put that in a podcast. Who that said has to be that? they. Oh people, fuck them. People are saying, lots of people are saying that. That it okay. couldn't be done. And yet here we are at the end of part two, at the end of episode 126, and we fucking did it. <laughs> Did it again, boys and girls. Fucking did it again. Now you see why we get all these very real sponsors. But they are not satisfied. They are calling us right now. They have said, you know what? That was a good story, but I think there's more to it. And you're like, God damn it. I, I just did like an hour, maybe like four hours on the Aztec. They're like, no, we want like five minutes more. Maybe some things you left out. Maybe some very important things that you might call the fast facts. <laughs> Wrong one. <laughs> fast fact number one. Tenochtitlan was home to a quarter of a million Aztecs, and each day it would swell from the neighboring tribes coming to trade. 
The island it was built on turned out to be too small to meet these demands, so they found a pretty ingenious way of expanding. They would hammer stakes into the lake bed, weave reeds between the stakes, and then pile rocks and dirt on top of the reeds. Eventually, vegetation would cover these new plots and create new space for the growing population. Fast Fact Number 2 During the five-month period that Montezuma lived in the same small palace as Cortez, they became somewhat close. Montezuma taught Cortez how to play Aztec games, including one similar to backgammon, in which the two men gambled gold and gems on the outcome. Montezuma often caught Cortez's men cheating for Cortez by giving him extra points, but Montezuma and Cortez always laughed it off and gave away their winnings. Wholesome. Fast fact number three. Not all of the Spaniards involved in La Noche Triste, or the Night of Sorrows, were killed in battle or escaped. Some were captured. They were bathed, dragged to the top of the temple, and sacrificed. Cortez would write he could hear their screams all the way across the lake into Cuba. Even if all that was bullshit, he still would have known what happened because their heads were placed on pikes and displayed all around Tenochtitlan. Fast fact number four! Cortez's special lady might have been Malinche, but it turns out he had been married to a woman named Catalina the whole time. She arrived in Mexico in 1522, and things were super awkward, especially since Malinche was pregnant with Hernan's baby. But it all worked out in the end, as these things do, when, after a massively public fight with Cortez, Catalina was found dead in her bedroom. <coughs> Doctors noted she had bruises all over her neck, but they went ahead and said she had died of asthma and a weak heart condition, which was just super convenient for the guy who paid their salaries. One, Hernan Cortez. <coughs> All right, that does it. We thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you learned something. Hope we made you laugh a little. Made your day a little brighter. If we did, maybe you should consider checking us out on social media at 100proofhistory, where we post memes and funny things like every freaking day. You can also find us at 100proofhistory.com, which has bios, you know, old episodes, and also has a link to our Patreon where just $3 a month gives you access to old episodes, a bunch of mini-episodes. We already kind of talked about it, but if you weren't paying attention, it's like 100-plus things. And you also get two-day early access to new episodes. Totally worth the $3 a month. And one last thing. If you're interested, I do play horror games every Tuesday on Twitch. You can find that at twitch.tv slash Hunter Proof Streams, where I get drunk and get people killed. But I think that is all. That's all the plugging and promo I have in me for myself, your sexy co-host, for Wolf Dick, our esteemed invalid producer, Dan Dan, the intro man, Newis, who made a return from our Lewis and Clark episodes way back in the day. We thank you for listening, and we ask... Mustachioed mystery man, main host Gregory. What else? Two things. 
first, wasn't Newis, like, wasn't he in- implicated in the shootings at the University of Texas, like, tower? <laughs> was it? Yeah, I forgot he about that. He wasn't just from OCA. Well, He's no. from a, a few things, right? Yeah. It was, it was really, it was just that one, that outtake when I was trying to say Lewis and I said Newis, and then we made him not only the shooter at University of Texas, but also flying the plane at 9-11. Like, take that, Trevor! You're a Trevor! You're a Trevor! Okay. Fair (laughs) enough. And second thing, you're streaming every Tuesday as of January 2023. That's correct, yes. Somebody doesn't want to listen to this, you know, three years from now, and we're both dead and like a (laughs) murder-suicide, and then just be sitting there on Twitch, just like... All right, any minute now. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> and it's like, no, these these guys have both been eulogized <laughs> years ago. You know? I like the murder suicide because that's going to give somebody else's true crime podcast a big story. <laughs> well, no, one of us murders and one of us suicides, but we don't know. Neither which one yet. of us will have a podcast, <laughs> but it's somebody else's podcast. And I'm sure Wolf Dick will be running it, that son of a bitch. Oh, he's got to make his money. All right. We will see you guys in a couple weeks. Love you. Bye. God damn, I can clap, dude. There's one thing I can do. You didn't be a good husband or good friend or any <laughs> bullshit like that. Fucking rebuild a motor. It. I got to clap, dude. Mm. Every it's time funny, like, you'll hear me mm-hmm. at events, like when it's an event where you clap at, I always clap. And then like, I look at my wife and she's just like, don't do it. Cause don't it's do so, it. no, like I'll be <laughs> clapping. It's just girl, 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 girl. <laughs> and I'll just be smiling and look over and she's like, Jesus Christ. It's so loud. It really is. <laughs> You're the reason bands come back for encores. Like, did you hear that one guy? He fucking was so excited. I'm just annoying. It's probably something that really largely 80% of the population could do. They just don't. Like, yeah, dude, I could clap loud too if I wanted. I'm just clapping like a normal person. I do. Fuck you. Fuck like, you, you quiet clapper. Piece of shit. My Should kid. be at a fucking opera. I was just to say, where he spotted Aztec nobles in the crowd. Oh, you know, the attack. attack. Oh, okay. I was like, what? That's I'm a human. I'm a human. <laughs> I'm coming. That stupid fucking thing is active. I'll just have to remember it. <laughs> uh, there it is. Fuck yeah. Ready to go, <laughs> dude. Ah.